Good evening, it's 8 o'clock in Yerushalayim, this is Chaim Bravender, and we're going to learn a little bit about the parasha of Kitisa. Uh, the topic of the of the Sheyurish Virat Luchot, Moshe Rabbeinu broke the tablets that he came down from Har Sinai with, and the question was, I mean, why? Why did Moshe Rabbeinu do that? I want to point out again that this Sheyur is dedicated in memory of Ofer Agazi Zichronolib Racha by his loving family, Ophir, was a very special young man. We knew it when he was a student in the yeshiva, and he maintained his uh, special connection to things religious, spiritual, and one was on his way to becoming a recognized serious artist. I mean, not an easy thing in this world, but Ophir was both very jealous of his talent and very jealous of his relationship to the uh, Jewish, the Jewish religion. So it was, uh, very sad we heard of his passing and we wish only good things to his wife and his daughters so we're getting back to the um to the topic the topic is why did moshe rabbeinu break the luchot what was the point of moshe rabbeinu breaking the luchot is there a point We'll bring some opinions and we will try to we'll try to solve the problem. Somebody made a suggestion. I'm the one who's supposed to make the suggestion. So the first Pasuk, Shmot Periklavit Aleph, Pasuk Yitchet. You see it on the sheet. You should see it. Vaitain El Moshe. This is, we pick up the story with Moshe Rabbeinu and Har Sinai. HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaking to him, teaching him, teaching him the Torah. Shdei luchot ha'edut, right? Vayitein is the verb at the beginning of the Pasuk. Hashem gave to, gave to Moshe Rabbeinu Shnei Luchota Eidut, two, two tablets that are Eidut, that are witness, that witness the event. Luchot Even, tablets made of stone. Ketuvim Be'etzpa'elokim. Now it's important to remember that they were written with the finger of God. That's what they, what the Pasuk says. Now it's important to remember that this event was not only organized by Hashem and directed by Hashem, but this, the props, the, the Luchot, and whatever was written on the Luchot was the last three words of the Pasuk, Tuvim Be'etzba Elokim. They were written with the finger of God. God so to speak i mean okay i don't really know what that means i don't really know how that happened but it it it, uh, it indicates it indicates certainly i think we can say that the closeness of god to the creation of the luchot there was a creation that was taken not the kind of creation in genesis not the kind of creation where the world was created but a kind of a making something that didn't exist before like like artists might do right so again tablets of stone they were written with the finger of god written with the finger of god so i don't know what that is but i know what that what that implies let's look at the rashi you see the rashi Ein Mukdamu Mukharba Torah. Rashi points out that 
the Torah does not necessarily stick to chronological uh, a chronological order. Sometimes things are mixed up, and if you would kind of uh, uh, note the chronology, you'll find out that it's a little bit strange. But Rashi says, he says, after all, the the story about the uh, making the golden cap came long before the Mishkan. Long before. After all, the Luchot, these tablets were broken on the 17th day of Tammuz. The tenth of Tishrei, that's what he means. The tenth of Tishrei, of Tishrei, Nitratza Israel, that God somehow was appeased, was willing to go on, and and and. Uh, The next day, they started donating for the Mishkan, for the tabernacle. And it was set up. They finished the work by Echad Benisan. And it was from the 10th day of Tishrei. Tishrei, Cheshvan, Kislev, Teves, Shvat, Adar, and Nisan, assuming there's only one Adar. And those months were in, in those months they were involved in preparing the Mishkan. And on the first day of Nisan, Rashi says they put it up. Okay, okay, so Ein Mukta Muchaba Torah. Don't worry about that just now. I mean, it's something to think about, but we're thinking about something else. Thinking about something else. Then there's the word Kechaloto. Moshe Kechaloto, and he finishes, right? When he finishes Kechaloto, Rashi says, Kechaloto Ktiv Chaser. These are things that bothered Chazal. It's written in a, uh, a non-plene way. Right? It could be written, you could write a word like that with a vav following the lamed, a cholam, a cholam malay. This, what they have here is called a cholam chaser. Okay, it could be, right? She nimsira lo Torah. So Rashi says, Rashi says, you know why that Bab is missing? Because we should be reminded of the word Kala. Kala, a bride. Because after all, this whole event, this whole event, according to Rashi, according to Rashi is Shednib Surah Torah. That we receive the Torah as a present. Uh, we didn't do anything. The Kala is a present for the Chatan. Because after all, after all, Moshe Rabbeinu could not have naturally learned the entire Torah in the 40 days allotted on Har Sinai. So that's the present. God said, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. That's how, that's how it should, that's how it should, it should be. That's how it should be. Okay, a miracle. Davar an alternate interpretation, Kala, mit kashetet, it's very common for the kala to dress herself up with many adornments. So there's again some kind of a some kind of a hint. Rashi, Rashi. I mean, this is not exactly what the pasuk means, but these references Rashi feels are important for us. They put that, you know, you should learn. You should learn the entirety of the Torah. 
24 books, the 24 books of the Tanakh. Finally, Rashi talks about Lidaber Ito Kechaloto Lidaber Ito Varsinai. When Hashem finished his conversation with Moshe Rabbeinu, all of the rules, the laws, these are all the things in the parasha of to speak to him, with him. That somehow there was a, there was a chavrusa, according to Rashi, right? Two people learning to it's like two people learning. learning with Moshe Rabbeinu. I mean, uh, it's hard. I get all these things are hard to imagine, but we get the idea. The idea is that we should be like that. That we should copy that. That we should be that way. That's what Rashi Rashi was certainly the educator. If education means how we are supposed to deport ourselves. That's what that's what happened. But, but but we see that there is this tremendous involvement with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the giving of the Luchot, right? Finally, the word Luchot is spelled Labit Chet Vav. Rashi says Luchot Ktiv. Luchat Ktiv. As you could read it as a singular, you know that the Sefer Torah that we read from it shul doesn't have vowels in it you look at that word it could be luchat singular or luchot plural so rashi says that's something amazing rashi says that's a kodesh vok with moshe rabbeinu they had a certain kind of parody but this is important for us i mean rashi is saying something important i think Rashi is saying something important. The important thing that Rashi is saying is that that learning Torah, learning Torah, uh, uh, it induce a kind of special connection with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. After all, everything is is modeled after. Everything is modeled after Moshe Rabbeinu. I mean, it sounds it sounds strange. After all, we know that we are not capable of achieving Moshe Rabbeinu's achievement, and yet he serves as a model. It, it's possible. It's possible to be like Moshe Rabbeinu. So here we see, we see in this in this pasuk, there are certain kinds of uh, of mentions, certain kind of of, of events and and processes that are mentioned that are important to us they're very important for us today we want to be that way we also want to be that way so that's the 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 way that the thing is set the next psukim next psukim okay the word it says busha He's like, uh, like they, they saw something by Yarhaab, they saw something, they understood something, they came to the wrong conclusion, but it was the process of thinking about things. Laredet min hahar, Moshe Rabbeinu did not come down from the mountain, and they all got together, they all got together against Aharon, Aharon, upon Aharon. And they said to Aaron, Kum Elohim Asher Come make for us a God. I mean, it's interesting because the word Elohim is truly is used as uh, to designate God. And therefore, even though it looks like a plural, it's really a singular. Because because God, of course, is a singular. Uh, so that happens sometimes. It happens sometimes that words that look like they're plural are really singular. Like we say, shamayim. Shamayim. I mean, usually we think of the shamayim as being one sky, not two. I mean, although you, I know you could argue the case. He says, Elohim asher 
but here the where the people came to Aaron and they said, make us a God, they didn't mean God. They meant some idolatrous. So that the word Elohim is no longer about God, but is about idolatry. And therefore, it's a real plural. It means one of those, one of those gods. Plural. Will lead us. Will go ahead of us. After all, Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Ha'ish. Asher because Moshe Rabbeinu, the man who brought us out of Mitzrayim, is missing. He's just, he's just missing. Just missing. What does Rashi say? What does Rashi say? Moshe, This is, uh, we're depending here on Ungulus. We depend here on Ungulus, Kitagumo. Lashoni Chur, he was late. He was late. I don't have the Uncleus on the sheet, but uh, that's what Uncleus said. Ichur, late. Rechein Bosheish Richbo, right? There's another example of that word. Vayachiluad Bosh. Key. What do you mean he was late? Well, how do you know he was late? I mean, you know, after all, whatever happens in heaven is going to be perfect. It's not going to be late. When Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the mountain, I'll be back in 40 days, exactly. Right within the six hours when I left. So they thought that even though Moshe Rabbeinu went up in the middle of the day, that day counted. That day counted, which apparently was not the case. He said, no, 40 complete days, so that the first half a day didn't count. He meant 40 complete days, days and nights. Yom Aliato, Yom Aliato, Ain, Ain Le Lo Imo. So the day he went up, there was no, there's no night. The night didn't, didn't count, so to speak. Who am I lehem shleimim? Arba'im Yom Ve Lo Imo. He went up on the mountain on the seventh day of Sivan. So Rashi figures it out. Sivan to Tammuz, 40, 40 days. The day before. The Satan came along with Olam. And confused everything in the raw in the world. Her Adimut Khoshek Vafela Virbubia Lomar Vadai Mait Moshe. So he created confusion. The people started to think that Moshe Rabbeinu had certainly died. I came by Irbubia La Olava. That's why Irbubia is confusion. The world became confused. The world became confused. I'm going to say, I mean, obviously, obviously, Rashi, Rashi is trying to connect us to some reality that could explain what happened to to B'nai Yisrael. I mean, you would obviously think that if Moshe Rabbeinu got them out of Mitzrayim, brought them to Har Sinai, and negotiated the the giving of the Torah for B'nai Yisrael, they, they, all this goodness came from Moshe Rabbeinu. You would think that B'nai Yisrael would organize a little bit of patience. So in order to explain it to us, he has to, he has to introduce the Satan. And the Satan is a, a way of saying our Yetzirah. You know, we all, we all have inclinations sometimes to do the wrong thing. 
We all do. And so, so what, what Rashi perhaps is saying is that, you know, these are people that, that, that were not fixed in their ways. They were not yet able to determine that what God wants of them is what they should be involved with. And so they took an opportunity to let the Yetzirah, called the Satan by Rashi, let the Satan, the, the, the Satan dominate their thinking. And, and not only that, but that's where this kind of confusion, where I think, I think things, but I think incorrectly. And so the Satan said, mate Moshe, even though the six hours have passed that he did not come. And all of this is this is all based on the Gemara. You can't say that the mistake they made was, uh, was it was a cloudy day and they didn't know when when the middle of the day was. They couldn't tell. didn't come down from the mountain until the next day. Okay. Okay. So Rashi somehow makes it makes it reasonable. I mean reasonable. If you think in the way Rashi thinks, that people have this kind of, they have to overcome, have to always overcome your, your inclination to do the wrong thing. So here too, but Israel did the wrong thing. So that doesn't explain to us exactly why everybody did the wrong thing. I mean, that's why he introduces this word, erbuvia, confusion. You know, confusion is something that is very difficult to get away from. Confusion. One more, one one more line in the Rashi. Make us a God who is going to lead us. Rashi says, They wanted plural, right? Yelchu is plural, and Yelchu, the gods, will go plural before us. Rashi says, They wanted, they wanted a lot of gods. Again, the end of the, the end of the Pasuk. The end of the Pasuk, one second. You see the, those words in the, in the Pasuk? Right, Rashi. Rashi says, Kizem Moshe Ha'ish, Gemin Dumut Moshe Her Alahem Satan. Satan showed him, showed them the people an image that was very similar to Moshe Rabbeinu. Genos im Otoba Avir Akia Hashabai. So they. I mean, the phrase, I mean, you know, Rashi is kind of sensitive to the words. You can't forgive him. It's a forgive Rashi. Moshe is, what does Zeh mean? The word Zeh. The Hebrew, that little word Zeh. A little word is what they call in English a dectic pronoun. Meaning, you point at something. Zeh, Moshe. What do you mean, Zeh, Moshe? Well, who said Zeh Moshe? So Rashi says, Rashi says, Zeh Moshe Ha'ish, Kemind Mut Moshe. They had the figure of Moshe Rabbeinu, where Ola Ema Satan, Shenos Imotoba Avir Ki Hashabayim, that he was, he was in the air. The, 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 I mean, the Satan is very competent and full of tricks. And so people thought, here, here's a proof that Moshe Rabbeinu is dead, right? He's like flying around in our vision of heaven. 
And Asher had Lanu Meheretz Mitzrayim, Vayamore Lanu Derech, Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who, who led us out of Mitzrayim. Asher Na'alabo, Atatsuchim Anu Ha'eluhut, Asher Yelchul Lefadeinu. Now that was Moshe Rabbeinu, right? You see the, the Pasuk. Asher Lanu Meheretz Mitzrayim, Lo Yadanu Mehayalo, Lo Yadanu. So according to Rashi, they they had uh, uh, proof that Moshe Rabbeinu was no longer leading them. That the Satan had this sounded light show, which which indicated to them that Moshe Rabbeinu was no longer alive. And if Moshe Rabbeinu was no longer alive, there's nothing, no reason to wait. Nothing, right? You 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 understand Rashi. Rashi understands what you're going to ask, and he tries to deal with it. So you're going to say, well, why couldn't they wait a few minutes? So Rashi says, well, they had a proof. They had an indication there was something that said to them that Moshe Rabbeinu was no longer, no longer alive. This wasn't true, but they were fooled. They were fooled. Back to the Chumash. Pasuk Tedvav. That was Pasuk Aleph in Periklamet Bet. Now we're in Pasuk Tedvav. Moshe Rabbeinu studied, learned the Torah with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They were like a kind of chavrusa, according to Rashi. Here's a picture. Moshe Rabbeinu is coming down from the mountain. The two tablets are in his hand. And they, these two these two tablets are written uh, in a kind of um, in a kind of um, mystical way, front and back. You can read them front and back. It's like like you know that it's it's a miracle. You know it's a miracle. Rashi says we stay every heaven from both sides. You see the Rashi. You see the Rashi. You should see the Rashi. They could read the letters from both sides. And that was a miracle. That was a miracle. Certainly it was a miracle. Explained in the Gemara also. It was a miracle. You could read it from both sides. So that it's not just Matan Torah. It's not just that the stones come from God. It's not just that the writing comes from God, but for the people who didn't see any of that happening, you like like they also needed a miracle that they could they could relate to. They could say, you know, all these these luchot are miraculous. How do we know that? Well, God made that. How do you know that? So what happened was there was another miracle. There was another miracle, and that other miracle, that other miracle was the fact that you could read from both sides. And so you imagine people all standing down. I mean, it didn't happen this way, but the way it could have happened was that as Moshe Rabbeinu approached and the people realized that you could read from both sides, they would know that Moshe Rabbeinu is bringing down the miraculous tablets. They were certainly miraculous because they were made by God and written by God. But it was hard to tell. They wouldn't know, but they still wouldn't know that. But they did know that you can't usually read a tablet from both sides. And that was the, the miracle that was arranged for them, which they are going to miss out on. They're going to, to miss out on. The next, the next pasuk vayishma. Baluchot maselim eima. The luchot are made with the hand of God. Vamichtav in the writing, michtav elaim hu charut al haluchot. It's engraved engraved on these tablets. I mean, again, this emphasis, emphasis of the 
the miraculous nature of it. So he says, Rashi says, you see that Rashi? Here it is. Maselim Hema Ke Mashma O Ubichodo Asaan. Don't make any mistake. You don't have to kind of fix up this Pasuk. The Pasuk is saying something correct. And that correct statement is Kemashmao, as it says, don't fix it. Ubichodo Asaan. God himself made the Luchot Tavaracher. Alternatively, it's like a person says to his fellow, everything that that person does, he does everything in that job. All of the special enjoyments that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gets, he gets from Torah. He gets from Torah, Harut means to engrave, Lashon Harat V'charat Echadu, with a tuff at the end or a tet at the end. It means the same thing, Shnehem Lashon Chikuk. They're both words that imply engraving, right? And then there's a there's a uh, word in some foreign language, foreign to me anyway. Okay, Pasuk Yudzayin. Pasuk Yudzayin, we'll have to go a little faster. Veshma Yoshua kol ha'am b'ra'o, v'yomel Moshe kol milchama b'machane, v'yomein kol anot g'vura v'kol anot chalusha, kol anot anachushamea, these Pasukim, about Yoshua and Moshe Rabbeinu, we're skipping them. But you shouldn't skip them. Vayihi kasher karav el ha-machaneh vayarat ha-egel v'cholot when he came close to the camp. He, Moshe Rabbeinu, saw the golden calf and he saw the dancing, the singing, the dancing, the music. I mean, it's all part of the avodah of the service of the new God, Vayichar Af Moshe, Vayashlech miyadav et haluchot, Vayashaber otam tachatahar. So this is the pasuk that we're interested in after doing the background that we had to do. Vayikar shekarev elabachaneh, Moshe Rabbeinu came close to the to the camp, this is a question like what is Vayichar Af Moshe? Who is he angry at? Why should he get angry? We know that anger, anger is a bad thing. But besides being a bad thing, it limits your ability to lead. Moshe Rabbeinu, and this is what the, the Rabbam says this elsewhere. Moshe Rabbeinu had to have a, a, a purity of thought. He had to be able to address the situation in a proper manner. And in order to do that, he should not have been angry. Anger is a bad thing. So let's look at the Rashi. Let's look at the Rashi. We know that Pesach is one of the mitzvot of the Torah, but there are many mitzvot in the Torah. The Torah said, doesn't allow foreigners to participate. A Torah kalakan, 
וכל ישראל משומדים, ואתננה להם, ואתננה להם, they're all transgressors, they are all now transgressors. Let's just look at the... וישבר אותם תחת ההר, וישבר אותם תחת ההר, רש"י says לרגלי ההר. Right, תחת ההר, it doesn't mean under, but it means at the foot, foot of the mountain, at the foot of the mountain. So Rashi doesn't really help us, doesn't really help us in understanding Okay. So we're kind of left with this, with this, uh, with this problem. Why Moshe Rabbeinu broke the Luchot? So we look at the Ramban. Look at the Ramban. The Ramban has an opinion. Ramban has an opinion. Ayara uishi eskir hakatav called Masei haluchot bepasuk Vaitein el Moshe, that this should have all been written earlier, Kasher Amak Tuvim, Ve'etzva Elohim, when it said in the Pasuk that all all the, whatever was written on the Luchot were written Ve'etzva Elohim with God's own hand. Avalikiru Bekan, Misaper B'malatam, but here they, the Pasuk started out by talking about how wondrous these luchot are. Uh, here the Torah started talking about how wondrous the luchot were. In spite of the wondrous nature of the of the luchot, Moshe Rabbeinu in any event decided to break them, to destroy them. He was angry. When he saw what was going on in the cave. You see those words in the Ramban? He lost control. Moshe Rabbeinu lost control. I mean, and, and so, oh, it reminds me of what's written in Shemot Rabbah, Sheparach HaKatav Ata Bevo'o Begvul HaEgel Bevkom HaTumah V'Achet that somehow, somehow the letters flew off Luchot when Moshe Rabbeinu came close to the, to what was going on in the, in the camp. But the first interpretation of the Ramban, I mean, Rabbi Chilas, well, I mean, I have to excuse myself for thinking that, I mean, I mean, how could a thing like that happen? Moshe Rabbeinu overwhelmed by anger. That's all that happened. He had these wondrous luchot in his hands. He had this present that was being prepared for Am Yisrael. And he just threw it down on the ground. I mean, what did he do? Why did he do that? I couldn't he just put them down? Couldn't just put them down someplace and let them stay wherever they were in the hope that things would improve? And then he would be able to, to use them or reuse them? Okay. Let's look at the at the solution to all of this. Dvarim Perik Yud. We'll skip here. We'll skip something. We'll get to Dvarim Perik Yud. In Dvarim, in the book of Dvarim, if you remember, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the story of Matan Torah. And in telling the story of Matan Torah, there are certain additions, changes, things that we didn't know the first time around. The second time around, but Moshe Rabbeinu has, adds a few details. And we can understand that the first time around, the emphasis was on the, the, the transgression, the Chaita Egel. 
Parashat Kitisa. The second time around, it's a little bit more relaxed. We could add a few things. So let's look. Vaitahi, at that time, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem Eli this is not the second time of going up on the mountain. Right? The first time Moshe Rabbeinu came down and broke the Luchot. And the second time after 40 days, 40 more days, when Moshe Rabbeinu uh, uh, prayed for the uh, uh, for the people that shouldn't be destroyed, that he was apparently able to to do that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So we see already that Aliyah number two is not going to be the same as Aliyah number one. In the first time Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the mountain, who made the, who made the tablets? Who made the tablets? Kodesh Baruch somehow fashioned them and then wrote them out. That was the first time. But the second time, Hashem says to Moshe name you, you do it. Right? Prepare those two tablets. And then come up to the mountain with those tablets that you, Moshe Rabbeinu, make. At the end of the Pasuk, Vasita lecha aron etz. Now this aron is not the aron, it's not the container that is being made for the mishkan, which will house the luchot. No, no, this is a different aron. This is a, like a neutral aron. Vasuk bet, God says, I will write. But you're not going to end up with the same product. You're not going to end up with the same product. Right? Even though I will write the same words that were on Luchot HaRishonim, Hashem, Shibarto. Shibarto, Kodesh brings it up. Luchot HaShem Shibarto is like a name. The Luchot that's the end of their story. Visantam Ba'aron. What is he supposed to put into the Aron? The Luchot. The Luchot Asher Shibarto and the Luchot that he's going to get. Va'as. And so Moshe Rebedu says, Va'as. So I went and I made Aron Atzei Shitim. I did that. I prepared the luchot, the, the tablets. I went up to the mountain. And I went up with the shnei luchot. I didn't go up and get shnei luchot. I came up with shnei luchot. And apparently, Hakadosh Baruch Hu wrote on the luchot in a manner similar to the first luchot. Write the ten commandments that God gave you the first time. And God wrote something similar to what was written on the first Luchot. God gave me these Luchot. You see this Pasuk? Moshe Rabbeinu is telling a story. What happened the second time? I went down from the mountain and I put the luchot, apparently the luchot that I just received, which I actually used out of stone here before I went up on the mountain. I put them into the Aron city. by Yushon Kasher Sivani Hashem.
Vaitahi Rashi says Rashi Rashi the sofar Baim Yom, right? Remember there were forty days from Yuzayin Betamuz. Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai the first time. Forty days to negotiate the future of Am Yisrael. After forty days, another forty days on Har Sinai. The sofar Baim Yom Nidratzali v'Malip Solecha. So after forty days, the middle forty days, God was willing to let the history of the Jewish people continue. And so God said, Psolecha, you go and you the stone. And only afterwards, afterwards, you make a, an Aaron. I made a, I already made an Aaron. He says, when I come down with the Luchot here, Moshe Rabbeinu says to God, where should I put them? This is not the Aaron that Bitzalel made for the Bish, for the Beit, for the Mishkan, for the Tabernacle. Share Mishkan lo nitasku bo ad le achar yoma kipurim. After all, we know they didn't start building the Mishkan until after yoma kipurim, as Rashi told us at the beginning. He, Viridito minahar, tsivalahem al melechet Mishkan. It's only after he came down from the mountain that the tsivui, that the command to build a Mishkan, a tabernacle, was, was stated. Bitzalel was the one who built the the building, right? That's how it turned out. Rashi's referring to the fact that in the parish of Truma Titzave, which is also about building the Mishkan, first there are the Kalim and then there is the, the house. But the but Bitzalel was different. Bitzalel built the house first and then he built the, the Kalim. Only afterwards did he build the Aaron. This Aaron had a had a future. The Aaron that Moshe Rabbeinu made, and its future was that it would go out with Bnei Yisrael in war. There's generally speaking, the 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 Aaron of Bitzalel did not go to war, but there is a case in the days of Eli in the book of Shmuel, when Shu they were they were punished. They were punished for that. So if you if you collect these crumbs here in the Pesukah in Rashi, it turns out, it turns out that Luchot number two had a, had had prepared for them a place to put them, and Luchot number one did not have a place. The reason that Luchot number one did not have a place to be placed. They, did, they didn't have their Aron. was because Luchot number one is what is described in the beginning of Pirkei Avot and Moshe Kibel at HaTorah, Misharali Yoshua Yeshua Liskenim, so the merit that Moshe Rabbeinu's original job was Mesirat HaTorah. That Moshe Rabbeinu was ready to give the luchot, the content of the luchot, the idea in the kochot, the, in the luchot, directly to B'nai Israel as he came down. He wasn't going to ask for a few days of rest or vacation. He was going to start teaching Torah and give the luchot to B'nai Israel. And B'nai Israel accepting the luchot would certainly find a place for it. But when this idea, when this idea was 
kind of usurped by B'nai Yisrael, it became clear, it became clear that, that Moshe Rabbeinu would not be able to achieve the transmission of the Torah immediately upon coming down from the mountain. But they would need a place to put the Luchot that he came down with. And what is a place? What is a place for the Luchot? Well, it's, it's a closed place. It's a place that no one ever sees. No one goes to that place. It represents the idea that you really don't know the Torah. You certainly don't know all of the Torah. You don't know everything that there is to know, right? There are several cases, notably amongst them Tefillin and Mezuzah, where the Torah that's in the Tefillin or the Torah that's in the Mezuzah is never seen. It's never seen. It, it engenders a kind of humility that we have to have in learning the Torah. This understanding that we don't know it all. And that we had that opportunity, perhaps when Moshe Rabbeinu came down for Arsinai the first time, and we, in our own foolishness, rejected that opportunity. And so HaKadosh Baruch said to Moshe Rabbeinu, come up the second time, we'll give you the Torah again. But this time, Moshe, you have to, you have, to have it our own. You have to have a place to put it because you're not going to be able to teach the entirety of the Torah to all of the Israel. It'll only happen little by little and it may never get to the actual entirety of the Torah. So, so Moshe Rabbeinu built the arrow and when he came down from the mountain, he placed the Luchot, the tablets, which he himself had used out of a larger stone directed by a Kaddish Baruch That's what the, what the Pasuk said. And so it might say that in some way, Matan Torah number one was different than Matan Torah number two. And that the action of B'nai Yisrael actually the action of the day Israel uh, changed what might have been to something uh, more prosaic. Instead of having the entirety of the Torah, every Jew now has as much Torah as he can learn, as much Torah as he can, can put himself, involve himself with. And this was the result of our making. It's, it's almost as though we said, we don't want Torah number one. It's a little too much, a little too overwhelming. We'll take Torah number two, the Torah that enables us to be less perfect, less complete, less knowledgeable. Have a wonderful Shabbos. All the best. Be well.